Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to New Idea Royals, the only podcast that takes us behind the scenes of Palace Life. I'm Rebecca Hyde and joining us today is Royal Expert and Commentator Angela Mollard. Hello and welcome Ange. Hi Bec. Um, so we're here today to talk about the rift between Kate and Meghan. I'm so intrigued about this. It was only a few months ago that the Cambridges, along with Meghan and Harry, were dubbed the Fab Four. What's gone wrong so quickly? Mmm, it's all descended within months of the wedding, hasn't it? So there's been multiple reports. There's been reports of Meghan's staff leaving, that she's lost uh, four members of staff. There's been reports that Kate, at the dress fitting for Princess Charlotte for Meghan and Harry's wedding, that she was in tears. There's been speculation that Kate has told off Meghan for being rude to a member of staff. All sorts of things going on. Um, you know, it's sort of, it, it's happened quicker than I thought it would. I thought oh, there would, all the, I thought the narrative would change. We can't always have a sort of upward rising, jolly, happy, excited, you know, the nature of storytelling is that the, you then have to have a conflict. And, and so to some, some extent, uh, this is, not to be, it is not unexpected, but the fact it's happened so quickly, right on the back of the fam, fabulous royal tour that um, Meghan and Harry did to uh, Australia, New Zealand, and the South Pacific, it's come really quickly. It's it's a shame that yeah, um, it is. It you know really it's, is. it's a real shame. But uh, I think you know one of the key questions is is it true or not? And I think we have to presume that's the detail that's coming out, the very specific detail, is coming from a leak somewhere within the palace. Now, whether that's a member of the royal family themselves or the courtiers or the staff, it's almost like the royal family operates as the family themselves and then intermeshed between them all are all their staffs and all the, or, um, all the courtiers. And a lot of the leaks in the past used to come from those people. It's been tighter in recent years. But this, we now know that from looking back on the Diana years, Diana, her true story, she was the source for that book. And a lot of the material that happened during those years has proven to be true. So that we have to assume that there is some veracity to some of these reports. To what extent they are media embellished, we don't know. But I think that we can very definitely assume that there has been a cooling of the relationship between Meghan and Kate. And the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are reportedly um, moving out to Kensington Palace, is that right? Mm. So this has been um, confirmed by the palace. They are looking at moving to Frogmore Cottage or, or to a, a cottage on the Windsor Estate. They loved Windsor. Obviously they got married at uh, Windsor Castle. They love that part of the world. Meghan's expecting a baby. They feel that, um, that they would like to bring their children up. Uh, it's only, you know, a short distance from London. It's only 20 miles from London. But a lot is being read into this in so much as that apartment one at Kensington Palace was being prepared for them to live there. They were they're currently in Nottingham Cottage on the estate. Moving into the apartment is typically what, what royals do, particularly ones of their stature. But a lot is being read into why are they moving away and is this another um, indication that there is some unrest between the two 
major couples of the royal family. Lots of questions being asked. And should we expect the two to be friends? Now, I think this is really interesting. I don't think we should. I think that families, by their very nature, are diverse, interesting. And this is... They're no different. They're two very different women. If you think Kate has been a princess in waiting for, you know, decades. <laughs> you know, she was. She met William when she was in twenty, and she's been uh, with him ever since. Basically, waiting to take on this role. So she's been enmeshed in this relationship with William, knowing the protocol of the royal family for eighteen years. She hasn't really had any career to speak of. She's very. Um, she's a, a rule follower rather than a rule breaker. Um, she's the perfect wife for the heir to the throne. She really is. Megan, and she also comes from a very secure, very close-knitted, supportive family where she's had to get on with siblings, where everything's very sort of um, conventional and, and normal. Megan, alternately, didn't sort of come into the royal family until she was 36. She's had a career. She's an only child in so much as she wasn't very close in age to her step-siblings. So she's had the attention on her. She's fought very hard for her career. She generated an interest in philanthropy off her own bat. She was, you know, looking at, you know, she was working for um, some of the agencies around the world well before she met uh, Prince Harry. So she's a very different woman. She's also, you know, they call her Hurricane Meghan in the palace because <laughs> she gets up at 5am and is kind of, you know, throwing well, out... Um, we're on a mission. Exactly. I mean, she's also very LA, very Hollywood lifestyle. Get up at 5am, eat, you know, really well, green juices, yoga. The royal family goes to bed late, as you know, you're a, you're an English person. They get up late as well. Work doesn't start till 10 o'clock That's in right. lots of workplaces in England. So there's these two different cultures, I think, clashing and two different women in the midst of them. What would be hopeful, you know, what you would hope for is that the two of them could get on and that they could bring their differing skills together and work really cohesively together, not just for the sake of the monarchy, but for the sake of the two men they're married to. William and Harry have had to rely on each other since uh, their mum died. Their, their dad, you know, while becoming closer and softer as he's got older, was a bit of a stiff upper lip kind of guy. And so they relied on each other. I would hate to see the closeness of that uh, brother relationship affected by any sort of tensions with between these two women. I think that's it's perfectly capable for them both to exist, albeit the other difficulty being that the palace is is not just their home, it's their workplace. So if you imagine any workplace, there's always gossip and there's always fallouts and there's always slip-ups and things like that. The interesting thing with with um, this family is that they they live together and they work together. And that I think that, you know, it's That's a great breeding ground for lots of problems, really. So hard, yeah. And what's the significance of um, Kensington Palace making a statement saying they haven't fallen out? A spokesman said that the row over the member of staff never happened. It speaks volumes. They don't it comment does. on very much at all. They tend to let things just unravel at their own pace. But we've seen since Harry actually met Meghan that um, he came out with that statement very early on in their relationship and, and was very forthright about how she should be treated, about how the media um, should treat her. So it's been uh, a characteristic through their relationship that when needed, they do comment. I mean, Meghan made that comment uh, when her father pulled out of walking her down the aisle saying, you oh, know, yes, I very much yeah. cared for... I, I've always cared for my father. So it's fairly unprecedented for them to speak out in this way. And I think what um, what Kensington Palace is wanting to do is, is to detract from this potent, this rift that's happening. Um, but it's it's... It's interesting that they have made that um, made that comment. It's uh, you know they obviously the Queen is in her golden era of her reign. She doesn't want 
people focusing on um, distractions or, or, or she wants a cohesive royal family. She's, of course, she's got yeah. these wonderful new um, women who are involved in the family. They, you know, it, it's, it's the monarchy has never been more beloved than it is right now. She doesn't want there to be divisions and, and, um, and conflict within it. So I think that the comment sort of would come from that that perspective of no no this isn't an issue but of course I think there, po- there probably is an issue mm. at the heart Does of it. Does sound like it. Mm. Um, and when asked about Megan's baby what did Kate say? She was at an event um, recently and asked by a fan you know how she felt about Megan's baby. She'd previously been talking about her own children and how they were looking forward to Christmas and she was asked this question and she said um, yes I, I absolutely she was asked if she was excited absolutely it's such a special time to have little kiddies. You wouldn't expect her to say anything else. She's not going to say anything untoward. But, um, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if we continue to see photographs of them together. I mean, it, m- memorably, they sat down and um, spoke about mental health, Those the Fab Four, as they were known, on that stage. Very cohesive, very yeah. friendly, lots of laughter. What happens over the next six months, I think, will speak volumes about the real nature of their relationship. And we'll only know. I mean, we, if you think about it, it was a year ago that they stepped out at Christmas and that what those wonderful photographs of them walking to church, the four of them together. It'll be interesting to see what situations they um, put themselves in as a, as a foursome. They run the charity together, the mental health charity heads together will there be more events from that and I think it, you know it's going to be one to watch definitely um are there reports that Megan changed Harry and it drove a wedge between him and Kate what do we make of that mm, so there were always a threesome Kate William and Harry and Kate's always got on really well with um Harry and you yes, can see very that obvious. in the very yes, yeah very really, early days yeah. of, and I mean Kate bought uh Harry for Christmas one year a grow your own girlfriend kit I mean that obviously <laughs> very you know there are that close that he's yeah. As his sister-in-law, you know, they got on really well. I think Kate, by her very nature, and, you know, sort of this has been the speculation, she's a gentle person. She's really soft. She really likes her friendship with Harry. Um, to to what extent Meghan has come in and, and disrupted that? Of course, any anyone getting married, there's going to be that sort of um, change. But, you know, Harry needed to grow up. He needed to move yes, on. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to have such a... I mean, she's bringing a, an element of celebrity into the royal family and she's come from a celebrity world. She knows how to self-publicise. She had a blog because she liked self-publicising. Yeah. So you've, you can't... She was never going to be a wallflower and um, <laughs> to expect otherwise I think would have been foolhardy. Yeah, very true. And how has the rift affected relations between William and Harry? Mm, it's not much around on this, but, you know, they do have different ambitions, obviously. William is there. He's going to be the king. He's got to follow protocol. Harry's really uh, carving out a role for himself as a philanthropist, a philanthropist, and he wants to change the world through environmentalism, sustainability, mental health. And these projects, I mean, I, when we saw him in Sydney and I saw him, you know, I was a metre away from him seeing him speaking to um, some of the adventurers uh, at the National Geographic dinner. He's so intent, interested. Uh, he has such a sense of purpose about him. And I think that um, for William at times, it must feel like Harry's got the better job. I certainly yes, if, if, if it was, if it was I me, I'd be going, yeah. hang on, he's the one going around to all these interesting places and countries and speaking to people who are doing real things. Yeah. There's a lot more pressing the flesh and a lot more um, sort of 
speaking out on behalf of the firm in William's job. And that will only increase as, as the Queen gets older, more of the duties are passed on to Charles, more of the duties and then naturally passed on to William. It's a more dutiful role rather than a passionate role. Yes. Um, and there are reports that Meghan um, set to get back to acting. Is there any truth in that at all? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is really interesting. interesting. Her former agent has come out and said that, um, you know, she w- she wouldn't be surprised if she saw her return to do a film. I think it's unlike, and, and she said, a film of a serious nature. So, you know, obviously no sex scenes and nudity <laughs> and that sort of thing that we're used to see in suits. It's very interesting that she should be speaking out right now. She could have come out any time. I think she's probably had a conversation with Megan. I think she's throwing her two cents in the ring, this agent. <laughs> I can't see that a member of the royal family will come out um, and, and act. P- possibly in... I could see her voicing a documentary of a cause close to her heart. Yeah, we know yeah, that. I can with, imagine that. Yeah, Grace Kelly when she went wanted to go back to acting, and there was um, she did some things, but Prince Rainier stopped her doing other things. You know, it's it's hard. This is her job. I think we also have to remember from Meghan's point of view, rather than just positioning her as a, a firebrand sort of wild card in the royal family, is that in the stressometer, like if you think of the stresses in life. Moving house, giving up your job, moving country, getting married, they are all the major stress things. So, yeah. if, you know, if you were to add up her points, yeah. she has, you know, she has completely changed her life. And in the midst of this, she's had family breakdown with her father. So she's had five or six major life events that have caused her pressure. Now, Prince Charles calls her tungsten because she's supposed to be tea- steely. But there's a, there's a limit to most people's steeliness. And I would think that... You know, she's pregnant. There's a lot of hormones going on. This woman's gone through... Oh, sorry, so we, we didn't put pregnancy in the mix there. We talked about <laughs> house, um, you know, uh, giving up job. She's also pregnant. So much has happened in her life in such a short time. Yeah, if you look at it like that, wow. That I mean, most yeah. people don't go through that level of change in 18 months. And the fact that she has... There's surely going to be a knock-on effect of that. However supported she is, she's still a woman who has gone through immense change. She's given up a job. Giving up your job and transferring to another job and is, is in a, a new big country. De- in a new country yeah, wow. with a new family. Um, and the, the, you know, she is the most famous woman in the world at the moment. So she has unprecedented levels of attention focused on her, the like of which we haven't really seen since the Diana days. So if there is... A few mood swings. If there is a little bit of <laughs> totally tension, understandable. if there's some sensitivity, I don't think it would be surprising. And what sort of mum do you think uh, Megan will be? Well, there's lots of chat back about whether she's even going to have the baby at the Lindo wing as per um, as Kate and oh, Diana is that before right? her. And even actually Amal Clooney had her babies in the Lindo wing. But apparently... Uh, Megan is shopping around the various different hospitals. In London, the Portland Hospital is a very cool place for celebrity mums to have their babies. Um, So there's lots of speculation about what sort of mum she's going to be, what sort of birth she's going to be. There's been speculation, will she have a home birth? I mean, her and Doria are very very much about organic. And um, I can't imagine that a member of the royal family will have a home birth, particularly for a first birth. But what she wants to have as natural a birth as possible... Lots of speculation about breastfeeding with one uh, outlet saying that 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 Megan wants to be the first mother to breast first royal mother to breastfeed in public to destigmatize the nation the notion of of you know that it should be done between closed doors again very very different from Kate you know you could never imagine Kate even you know 
I mean, she just she doesn't have. She, we haven't seen Prince Louis really, apart from those uh, official photographs for Charles's um, birthday. We we just don't see those babies in those early years. Will she do it? Look, it's an interesting interesting proposition. I think she'll definitely bring a more uh, American new age um progressive edge to her parenting um and and why not why shouldn't she yeah, this is definitely. how th- this uh, life is evolving um and i think it'll be interesting to watch this talk that she won't you know we never see prince george in long trousers because long trousers trousers are, are deemed to be a little bit suburban and we so we see little boys in shorts there's been speculation that if Megan has a boy, will she put her, you know, I can see her putting in a little boy in dungarees, which, you know, we never see Prince George. He's always got very proper shorts, very proper shoes and socks and, and you know, nice jumpers. I think they will be very different in terms of and, – and Harry, we know he's a bit of a renegade. He's not – he doesn't um, – you know, he, he's not Australia 180. So I think both of them together, there'll be a very different sort of um, parenting model. Megan's also – she uses her life and her life experiences, uh, we know through her blog, to talk about these sorts of things. I think she'll be the world's greatest kind of – once the baby's born, I think she will be the number one role model for, for mothering. I hope she's honest about it. I hope she talks about yes, it in a really um, open and um, pretty much like people like Chrissy Teigen and, and, and women like that have been very honest about – uh, the struggles of parenting, and, and there's a new mood in parenting. To be honest about it, I think she Very will follow so. that that um, that um, guys. Uh, but you know, interesting to see. But I think we we won't be in for a carbon copy of what Kate and William have done for sure. I can't wait to see that all unfold. Mm. And who's expected to be the godparents? How does it all work with the royal family? Mm, so very interesting. They generally don't um, choose. Uh, aunts and uncles. So, for instance, Kate and William haven't got Meghan and Harry as godparents. They don't use immediate family. Cousins, yes. So Zara is um, a godparent for Kate and William's, um, I can't remember which child is, but one of them. Um, And then uh, Kate's own cousins, the Middletons, there's cousins of hers are godparents. So it's very good friends, uh, cousins, and people that have cl- are close to them. Uh, George has seven godparents, Charlotte has five, and Louis has six. I imagine that um, Meghan and Harry will have similar numbers, but what's really interesting is who's being touted for the job. And the front runners at the moment are George and Amal Clooney. Oh, which you would choose, wouldn't you? Because, you know, if, you, if you, you know, you're going through... If you've got a newborn, you've got, you know, all the duties that you have to do with the royal family, what you really want to do is spend your summer in Lake Como, don't you? And that's how you get to do it is you choose them for your godparents. (laughs) So a wise choice, I think. But apparently the friendship is is all through Amal and Meghan. It's not so much George and Harry that when when Meghan moved to London, she got together with Amal. Very similar interests, obviously, philanthropy. Um, Very self-possessed women. They've become really good friends. Um, So I... Wouldn't it, I don't think it's you know I don't think it's a red herring. I think it, it's very likely we could see them as godparents. Oh, I hope so, but it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> I certainly I know who won't be godparents, and that's the step brother and sister of Megan. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. We can safely say that. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> the other point to Megan and Harry having a baby is that it will renew questions around Megan's relationship with her father. We know that when when you have a baby, that it, it does force you to consider your own parentage, and I think that yeah. the questions about whether Thomas Marker will see his daughter, um, I think there's you know there's a lot to play out in this story. It mm. does feel very much to me that we're re-entering a kind of Fergie Diana years where. 
where we had these two young wives into the royal family. At first, they were great mates. Within months, and Diana has chronicled this, is you know they they became less friendly, uh, to the point of animosity. Yeah. And I hope that doesn't happen here. Oh, but it same. does feel a little bit like history is repeating itself. The only difference is is that Fergie and Diana were both very very young. I mean, Diana was only nineteen when she met Charles. We're talking about two that. women. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you think about yeah. it, Meghan so is twice as old as. Uh, Diana was when she when she met Charles. Meghan now is older than Diana when she died, and that brings course, greater yeah. depth and hopefully maturity and hopefully some wisdom into how they yes. are dealing with this. Yeah. And for the Queen's sake, you know she's in the in the in the latter years of her reign. Wouldn't it be wonderful if she did die knowing that she's left the monarchy in good hands? And I think it's should be uppermost in the minds of this young generation of royals to ensure that that is delivered for her. Yes, yeah, I hope so. And thanks so much for joining us today, Ange. That was all so fascinating. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, For more on the royals, please check out New Idea magazine, our website, newidea.com.au, and lastly, New Idea Royals Facebook page. 